Sports Brewing Sports. I think that they're going to be kind of the, the surprise Cinderella team. Just defensively, just get incrementally better. Everybody has lived up and failed expectations. That's it. The box score is what the box score is. Sucks for them. It's <laughs> just going on the same to the Spurs. That's what's brewing. Welcome to episode five, season two of What's Brewing Sports. I am Andrew Brought, and along with me is trivia enthusiast and human lint roller, Richard Oliver. <laughs> not, not necessarily in that order. Yeah, speaking, <laughs> in fact, this is the what the three-year anniversary of our huge family win at the Ringer Pub. That's right. Is we it won, really? This? We won the we won the trivia contest. Remember, we ticked off everybody in the bar. That's right. Because we just showed up. That's man. right. That's we right. We just showed up and dominated. But uh, yeah, it's been three years ago. So yeah, wow. I will accept that trivia <laughs> mantle. All right. So this is show number five. Show number five. That's right. Which would make this, in my view, okay. Here we go. The Jeff Bagwell show. Okay. Jeff Bagwell, the Hall of Fame first baseman for the Houston Astros. Sure. Fitting. That's the fitting. fitting. That's As they my, just wrapped up their season. Indeed. Indeed so, with 107 wins. 107 wins. Number one seed in the Major League Baseball playoffs starting uh, this next week. So, yeah, by the time we go next week, by the time we're doing What's Brewing Sports uh, podcast, we will be getting a little bit into the playoffs. That's right. That's so right. we'll know a little bit about how everyone's going to And we'll do, know so. who they're playing by then, right? Yeah. But lot, listen, Andrew, a lot to talk about today. Yeah. We got, now, we've got the Major League Baseball playoffs start next week. We've got some NFL football today. The Texans lose miserably today against Carolina. Uh, Deshaun Watson only gets – he's been hit 18 times, sacked 18 times, uh, hit about 5,000 times this year by behind one of the worst offensive lines apparently in the history of mankind. <laughs> so I think this guy's like running for his life all the time. Uh, but anyway, so we've got NFL to talk about. We've got uh, – also, later in the show, Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs That's will be with right. us. That's right. And you have been on with him several times. I have, yeah. To talk Spurs. And, and so be- have you. Because this week, something happened That's with the Spurs. That's right. That's right. Well, they, they start back up. Yep. They show up. <laughs> they show up. That's what happens. That's what's brewing. That's the exciting <laughs> thing. They show up. The Spurs are back. And now, you know, it's funny. I, and I talked to Jeff about this before, about the idea that it's he, in his view, it's been like yesterday. Yeah, right. I think this has been the longest off season that I've ever experienced. Really? I think this off season has just been just grueling. I think it's, it's gone by so fast. Really? Because we covered the postseason. We did. Uh, we started in back, I, I keep saying January, but we actually started uh, February, Super Bowl night, and uh, we covered basketball all the way through that, and I can't believe we're already back to it. See, I, it, just, it just seems so long to me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the whole Kawhi thing. It was just interminable. Where is he going to go? He's going to the Clippers and Paul yeah. George, and here comes Russell Westbrook to the Rockets, and all the super teams being built all over the place, you know, these little hot spots of the NBA around the I don't know. It just it just it seemed like a long, long time ago. Who yeah. won the title? <laughs> Who won it? I forget. Oh yeah, the Raptors. Oh yeah, that's right. That's Kawhi's right. other team. Kawhi's been on three teams in eighteen months, right? right? Or something right. like that. Yeah. Or wow. Something like that. Yeah. He's been he's been around. But. See, I think the problem is that you you focus too much on coffee. You need more beer in your life. I do need more beer in my life. <laughs> you and, need to slow it down. <laughs> and we do have a brew topic today that that, that kind of actually warms my heart a little oh, bit do because yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little, um, sometimes I'm a little, now I'm a beer snob, as are you. Right. We don't drink, as we've talked about. That's right, that's right. There's no Michelob Ultra, no <laughs> Miller Lite, no, <laughs> you know, I was a little disappointed. You and I went to the Texas A&M game last Saturday, uh-huh. and it was uh, at Kyle Field, and as with most of the SEC now, they're selling beer. That's right. And it, but the selections were just awful. You would think that they would have more craft breweries in college towns. Yes. Because what a great place for yes. craft brew to not only, you know, begin to start a craft brewery, but right. to thrive. Yeah. I mean. And we went to Mr. G's afterward in Bryan. Yeah. And had the calzone. That. That's right. You know, I talked that's about right. it was that's like right. this, this monstrous alien 
pod looking thing <laughs> and it's just so wonderful but they but even their beer we had to kind of we had to kind of pull yeah, it out of there they had a really lame selection although they had a random turkish beer that they was did. pretty good it was I all right i think the guy that waited on right. us was from turkey or something right <laughs> what was his know. name what was his name yeah kaddish or kaddish <laughs> or something it was not kaddish <laughs> <laughs> i forget what his name was but he i think he, it was john <laughs> john it was john no it was like something it was some some weird name but Anyway, my point is, I digress. <laughs> I think we both I do. I digress. <laughs> is that I just, I thought that, that the beer at Kyle Field should have been a little bit better. And, yeah. But maybe because of what I was watching. Yeah, well. You know, maybe watching Auburn. I don't think Auburn, anything could have washed that flavor out of your mouth. Yeah, that's watching for sure. Auburn take on, you know, but but uh, but we have we have a special topic today. That's right. That's right. So the, the overall topic for the day, we're going to talk about social media. So we're going to dive in and talk about yeah. the implications of that and, and how that's changed a lot of things from not only college sports, but to professional sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll be a really interesting topic to get into. But first, we're going to dive right into our brew topic. All right, so today we're going to talk about flavored beer. Yeah. And before we just jump in and, and we talk about beer, I do want to that's say... That's why I brought up the snob part. That's right, that's because right. Because a lot of people are going to say flavored, they're going to flavored beer. <laughs> that's right. Gross. That's right, you know, that's I'm right. I'm going to hear this. I'm to hear this from my buddies. I do want to say this, though. I want to add this, that, you know, as we cover these topics and we take on these things, you know, we're learning as we're giving the information to the listeners as well. So, right. so we grow as the information may help others grow too. Um, and so I always learn something interesting as we take on these new topics. And I want to give you a couple dates here, followed by some information about basically a timeline within not only beer, but craft beer and its evolution. So first, the year I want to give you is 580. And I thought this one was interesting because I was wondering for a long time, I get it, St. Arnold, you know, he was the patron of, of beer, patron saints of beer. But I, I actually thought he was made up. I thought St. Arnold was made no. up. Yeah. Because, Seriously? Because why would there be a patron saint of beer? He really, he's a real person. Yeah, he's a real person. And this is why. He helped end a plague by convincing people to drink beer rather than impure water. Mm-hmm. In 580. Okay, okay. So beer saves lives, people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's all clear to us now. Okay, 1516. The Rhinites Gabat, I'm sure there's a better way of saying that, instituted in Bavaria. You probably just said something really nasty. <laughs> A in Yugoslavian, <laughs> right, that's right. German, bless me, curse bless me. Word, that's yeah. I sneeze in the microphone. Uh, a beer purity law that remains today in revised form. The original law uh, permits beer to be made only with barley, hops, and water, and later became to acknowledge yeast and permitting wheat. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. And then I'm going to jump to 1957, and this is this one confused me when I first read it. And I'm just going to read it and let it confuse you. The late... (laughs) (laughs) As you often do. That's right. The late Michael Jackson, the beer hunter, drinks his first beer at the Castle Hill Hotel in Huddersfield, Yorkshire. 20 years later, he writes The World Guide to Beer, one of the inspirations for the beer revolution. Mm -hmm. This is a different Michael Jackson, apparently, because this was was in 1957. (laughs) He seemed like a Michelob Ultra type guy to me. Nice. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the the Michael Jackson part threw me off. But yeah, so the beer hunter. Uh, interesting. The world guide to beer. 1972, last date. Development of Cascade hops begins in Corvallis, Oregon in 1956. The hop is released to brewers in 1972 and becomes a hallmark aroma and flavor for beer from American small batch brewers. So those are the dates. Okay. Uh, basically, that is. <laughs> something, somebody's cheering your ideas. I think it's on my computer or whatever. Sorry, keep going. Did you hear the cheers yes, for you? Yeah, yeah, that was great. Sorry. That was great. I loved Saint it. St. Arnold, sorry, yes. <laughs> Greatest thing ever. <laughs> so all that's to say, all that's to say, uh, that there is a there's a method to the madness behind flavoring of beer. Right, right. Now, of course, all of that has led to today with experimentation and new ideas. Of course, there's some crazy stuff out there. Sure. Uh, Ryan, your son, Ryan Oliver, brought us that Fort Worth beer uh, made with pickle juice. Oh, it sucked. <laughs> that was awful. 
I but, didn't. He's, but he's like, Dad, this is great. His face is all pinched all up like, like somebody's, you know, jabbing needles in his legs. And he's like, you know, this is great. I, so, I'll, I would drink one. It was I made, would drink made, one cold. Made in green pickle beer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, Stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It's it was, out of Fort Worth. I took a, I took a swig. <laughs> I drink, I drink Man, a full. I would drink a full and cold. Yeah. Could you imagine hot? Oh, my God. <laughs> That was just brutal. That's just brutal. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I was thinking about flavored beers that we were to talk about it today. And, and I was actually doing a little social media research because, you know, the greatest craft breweries out there have great social media oh, sites. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the stuff they're doing on Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff is just great. But Far greater than ours. But I, but I, I'm one of those guys now, now you and I are, we are snobs about our beer. Right. We like, we like craft beer. We like, we've been to Weathered Souls. We've been to The Roost. We've been to some different places where we've had some pretty good beer. And in San Antonio, it is coming on strong. I mean, yeah. like a lot of places, but San Antonio is getting, because culinary is becoming such a That's right. such a thing here with the Culinary Institute and everything else, that we have great, great craft beer happening here. But but I don't mind saying that even though with the craft beer and, and being a little bit of a beer stomp, I like, I like my flavored beers every once in a while. Yeah. I like a little shiner you know, re- Cheer, ruby, right. ruby red, ruby whatever. red, nice. I like that. I like, uh, you know, I like uh, when I was in, in England. They had a the, they had a, a beer company called Wells. You know, and it was Wells Banana Bread beer, right? Which I thought was really good. You know, so I don't know if you know a lot of my buddies who are like you know, you know, calloused from head to toe men. You know, <laughs> I don't drink flavored beer. You wuss. You know, I don't know, man. I like it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have the occasional Leinenkugel. Yeah. <laughs> I will take I will take on a lightning kugel on occasion. Oh god. So I don't mind saying it, man. You know, listen. Well gets a little rugged around here, we have a little Mike's hard lemonade. <laughs> so you know Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Let's not get too deep into hey, that little, one. The 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 black cherry Mike's hard lemonade is pretty darn good. <laughs> now up in New York was Blue Point and they always had Blue Point blueberry ale. Right. So I mean I think anything you could think of. By now, absolutely. somebody's tried to make absolutely. a beer out of it. That's so right. you know, I'm good. I'm good with that. Toe jam beer. <laughs> well, not so good with that. Not so I'm good a, with that. My my beer snobbishness goes beyond toe jam beer. Yeah, that's we're where not, you draw the line. I <laughs> draw the line at toe jam, <laughs> armpit sweat beer. You know that kind of stuff. That's not going to happen. So, well, let was, me let me ask you. So now we kind of talked a little bit about beer. watermelon. Yeah, there is watermelon yeah. beer. Yeah. So let me ask you first, uh, two parter. One, do you remember your first flavored beer mm. and what it was? You don't have to remember, like, you know, I, I remember mine. I don't, remember, I don't even know the name of it, and I don't even remember the brewery, but I remember mine. Talk about it. Yeah. So do you remember yours, and what is your favorite now? Now, I remember when I was in college, um, I went to the Renaissance Festival at Plantersville. Mm-hmm. They, 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 anyone, it's always and, so much fun. And they always serve the 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 whatever you call it there, the, the yeah. ale, ale of some kind right, or right, right. swill of some kind, whatever they were <laughs> serving there. But I remember one of the booths there, the lady had some peach, some kind of a peach beer, peach peach ale. Right. And I remember that back when I was in college. So that's the first time I ever had any kind of flavored beer. Did you like it? Yeah, I remember liking it. Yeah. I just, but, but you know, that was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> but I remember that. But, but now, boy, now that's good. I, I think the Shiner, the Ruby Shiner, Red is still every, every year when it comes up seasonally, I always get really jazzed about it because right. it's, uh, plus I like the time of year it is. Everything is very fresh. The citrus beers are just great to me. Yeah. You know, just kind of refreshing. Sure. You know, so I'll, t- I'll take that all day. Okay. How about you? Okay. So mine, I remember I was in West Virginia. I was in mm. Morgantown, West Virginia. Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of craft breweries in Morgantown, West Virginia. This, West Virginia is unheralded in how beautiful and wonderful that place is. Oh, it's is. gorgeous. Yeah, it's people gorgeous. don't realize. Yeah. And so, and of course, Morgantown is the, the home of West Virginia University, which mm-hmm. is why I was there. I was there for a steel drum clinic. And, uh, of course, everybody I was there with was an alumni. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they had their places that they all went to when they were in college. And so they were kind of just taking me around everywhere. Oh, you got to chat at this. You got to go to this place. And we ended up at this one place. And I cannot remember the name of it. Um, this was like 12 years ago. And they had this blueberry oatmeal. I don't think it was a stout, but I guess it was. We'll call it a blueberry oatmeal stout. And this was 
uh, to this day, I've yet to find a beer that compares to the flavor of this beer. And I don't know now. Blueberry stout. Yeah, and, and it's been so long that I don't know if I've made it up in my head how great it was. And I, you know it's what I'm saying? It's become like a legendary. It's become this yeah. legendary thing. <laughs> yeah. I, it's got I, legs. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I, yeah. I'll never forget that. And that was my first introduction to flavored beer and, and to craft beer at the same time. Right. And and I've never looked back ever since. I mean, I was like, wow, this is this is what beer should be all the time. Right, right. Is that I, a beer you could drink? Repeatedly. Oh, yeah. If I if I found it again every day, you could drink. That yeah, day. absolutely, absolutely. For okay. breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah, I so, haven't found that beer yet. <laughs> well, I haven't found it since. Um, so Blue Moon, I found shortly after that. I thought it was close, but it's it's not it. But it's really good on certain years. And again, with a beer that's, that's produced annually, you know, even Shiner, not you're not going to always hit it every time. And I thought right. Brock Wagner when we had him on. Back when we were at um, Minute Maid Park, had a good point that one of the hardest things to do as a uh, master brewer is consistency. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, we we knock on Miller Lite and Bud Light, all those mass-produced beers, all the time, and he he kind of did too. But he was like, you know, the thing that's impressive about them is that they're consistent with their flavor. It's very very hard to do. Right, right. So you know, you look at it's like consistently crappy. <laughs> is what you're telling me. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, exactly I just right. want to make sure I'm getting this straight. Uh, and and so, you know, beers like Blue Moon or even Shiner. Shiner, I think, does a very good job, especially with their Bach. The Shiner Bach original is very good, but sometimes you can tell. Like, sometimes you open one, you're like, I don't know, maybe this was a not a great batch this year. Right, or right. The, Or that, you know, that batch was not necessarily great. And then um, you can really tell it when the beers have their seasonal beers every, like, Shiner seasonal. You mentioned um, the ruby red, but also right. the Shiner cheer. Sure, yeah, which cheer, is which yeah, is yeah. And, and there's some years that are really great with it, and there's some years that really aren't. Uh, and I feel the same way with Blue Moon. I had my friend Peter over. We were changing over like different types of pumpkin beers, and we had the pumpkin harvest from Blue Moon, uh, and it's actually pretty good this year. There have been years in the past where it seems like they maybe had too much of this. Like you know, typically. They use cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and allspice. But some years it seems like they have too much nutmeg or maybe too much allspice. Mm-hmm. That's the consistency you're talking about. And that's about. the consistency I'm talking about. So it throws it off. So I have not found a consistent beer that I, I think is my go-to flavored beer. But I think it's okay because, you know, for me, I just like the different flavors anyway. I'm not right. – I, I wouldn't want to be a homer to one unless it would, it would have to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To be like, I, I, I decided to stop looking or, or sampling because this is the one that I go to. Right. So flavored beer. Flavored beer. I, I, and, and again, I, I think you now we have our favorites anyway that we're going to, you know, we talk about Yingling. We talked about the different uh, kind of beers that we like here, craft beers here in town and all that kind of stuff. So, but every once in a while, flavored beer is not, to me, is not an everyday beer. Right. But, but it's just. It speaks to you seasonally. It speaks to you uh, event-wise. There's certain things you want to do. You know, when you open up your pool, for me, when I get in the pool, I want that refreshing citrus beer Sure. to kick off the summer. Sure. I don't know. Just something about it, you know, something like that. Because this is America, and I can't. <laughs> That's exactly this is, this, you know, this, this is what it is. Hey, so today we're talking social media a little bit, too. Uh, and again, Jeff Garcia of Locked on Spurs will be with us here in just a little bit to talk a little bit about the Spurs. Training camp opens on Tuesday. Media day is tomorrow, Monday. Again, as we sit here on, on Sunday evening, um, it's an interesting time. Things are happening. Even high school football is cranking up, you know, heading down. Uh, to the midway point of their seasons, that kind of stuff. I love this time of year, you know. It's it's funny. It's officially fall, but it's still 105 degrees here in San Antonio. <laughs> I know, I you know. know. It's, it's, still, it's officially fall, and we're just scorched. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Stuff like that. But you know what? Mentally, psychologically, we have made the turn. That's right. We're there. football season, baseball playoffs, NBA starting up. And again, there's there's like three times a year that I could kind of identify when everything collides. Boom, here we are. NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, college football. This is that great time of year uh, going into the fall. That's right. That's got right. Got to kind of jazzed up. Yeah. So that brings up our topic. We're talking about all these different types of sports. Let's bring up the idea of social media 
and mm-hmm. its its implication and its, its involvement in all of that and how it's not only shaped but affected uh, sports in so many different ways. And we're talking, I mean, it's bleeding into really like high school sports now. But, oh, yeah. you know, we saw it major a few years ago in, in college sports and we're, we've seen it since it's, you know, it's rising. It's constantly prevalent in, in professional sports. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Uh, what's interesting, is, you know, there's almost a little dichotomy going on with social media because as a longtime sports writer, what's interesting was that before social media, obviously, sports writing, you covered your team, you were the font of information for anybody who was interested in a particular team or a topic. Uh, now, what's interesting is I feel sorry for the beat writers now. I, I feel sorry for them because social media has become such a thing. The athletes, the teams, the agents, the fans, the you're you're chasing your tail, yeah. Time and time again, reading social media, trying to follow up on things that you might read that might have been posted by a grocery clerk, you know, or the guy bagging your, <laughs> right. you know, the guy bagging your your groceries. Uh, I, I don't, you know, it's a it's a tough time, and and it's interesting also is that in social media because we. That is our constant, and I and I, I used to talk about. It. I love I love Twitter in a lot of ways, because as a news guy, I do enjoy the fact that it's a torrent of information all the time. So I love to plug into that every once in a while as a news guy. Right. Hey, this is happening over here. Here's this police situation over here. Here's your traffic. Here's here's this. Anything you want to find out, you could find at your fingertips. Now. Around the world. Around the world. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's an amazing time to be alive. Uh, for whippersnappers like you, I mean, I just tell, I'll tell, when I talk to college classes, I tell them all the time, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, go down the list of what you're interested in that, and just, just the technology that has allowed that to be a part of your life. Uh, the iPhone, the smartphones, the, the, the computers, the internet, all the different kind of stuff. They cannot fathom as you probably can't fathom that back when I covered the New York jets back in the late nineties, Okay, not not that far away. Right, yeah. We're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. When I covered the New York Jets, there was no internet to speak of. Yeah. Al Gore had not created the internet yet. (laughs) So there was no internet to speak of, and there there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook, there was no, none of that stuff. I'm not saying it was a better world. I'm just saying that it was, that's how recently. Oh, yeah. Things have accelerated so quickly. There were no iPhones. There were no smartphones. There were no. There was no internet to the degree there is now. There was no, uh, you know, where you. I remember buying CDs. Like, would you buy c- CDs of like Disney games? And I would put the kids on the computer on this thing called a computer yeah. back then, a desktop <laughs> with this big giant screen that was like a foot and a half yeah. deep, you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And you and they play they play Disney games. Yeah. Your your wife Katie. Play Disney games, all you know, you know, Pixar games, that right. kind of stuff, and it it's just so uh, it's like growing up. When I tell kids, there were three TV stations. Yeah, three. Right. The Wizard of Oz would come on one time a year, and you better be in front of the TV. <laughs> That's right. That's because right. Because once you know, if you miss part of it, you miss part of it. Right. You know, people didn't get up and walk away because you know I'm going to pause the picture and go, and so, but all that's happened so quickly. Yeah. And I find it so interesting that this generation of athletes now, these guys who are, who have come forward and now are playing NBA, college, everything else, they they're the first generation of athletes who grew up with social media being a fabric of life. Right. I'm telling you, Andrew, they grew up with communicating through social media. Yeah. Uh, sometimes in unhealthy ways. And yeah. So sure. social media. So on the positive side, it's a great way for you to connect with an athlete on social media. You can reach out to an athlete, Alex Bregman of the Astros, who will respond to people on social media. That's right. And and talk to, back to them. On the negative side, there's no filter to social media. There's none. So people make poor decisions all the time. And athletes in particular, a lot of them, poorly educated guys who just grew up being worshipped every moment of their lives, who feel pretty empowered to say or do whatever they feel like, uh, have this vehicle through social media to say or do whatever they feel like. And then, they, then they're then they stunned when they get a pushback on it. Let's talk about Antonio Brown for a moment. This guy that's, uh, you know, that's basically screwed up his life in Pittsburgh, screwed up his life in Oakland, you know, screwed up his life in New England, and now it's without a job in the NFL 
nobody feels sorry for him. Number one, he's a bad guy. Number two, he's rich. He's okay, although he walked away from $30 million. So that's the bad side of social media, certainly for an athlete, is if you don't have a filter or even a president who, who doesn't have a filter, who gets on social media, that's the bad side of the whole thing. Right. I think the majority of the stuff is pretty good. Yeah. But you're able to kind of further the discussion about something. You're able to have discourse with an athlete or the athlete has discourse with you. Or you learn a little bit more about somebody you really care about or, or who means so much to your life, an athlete. Um, I'll admit, I love to hear what Alex Bregman has going on in his life. I love to hear what, uh, uh, you know, what, what Garrett Cole or even Garrett Cole's wife is doing for charity in Houston or those kind of things. Uh, I love those kind of things. And that's where social media comes up strong. Sure, sure. But then there is that bad side. No, I agree with you. And I think, uh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's giving people a voice, but not necessarily earned, mm-hmm. right? Like used to, to have a voice, you had to go to school to get onto media. You had to go to school for media. So you had to learn the power of what having a voice and ultimately what having an opinion uh, carries. Right. You know what I'm saying? And now, you know, you can feel a a certain way about a moment and instantaneously react. How many of us are, we do that and, and, and our psychology as humans, we are not wired to logically go through a filtration process first. We feel first. We have emotions first. And so, you know, it used to be Sebastian Maniscalco, a funny comedian who we both like, has a funny idea on this whole thing that used to, you know, the crazies just did it in their basement and you didn't know about it. And then the internet gave them a place to go. They can all congregate together. Yeah, yeah. And now they, you know, meet up in Vegas or whatever. And it, and it, it's, <laughs> <laughs> they meet up in Vegas. The crazies. Now they have cons and no, all that's this right. stuff. That's that's Twitter, a, <laughs> Twitter crazies all meet in Vegas. I thought that's you know what, what happened. They have these parties now. Uh, and so, you know, the thing is, is that we have to understand the value and the weight that, you're going to have ideas that pop in your head. And how many ideas do you have a day that pop into your head? But do you really want to share those ideas? Are yeah. you really wanting to, in other words, as soon as you, um, as soon as you express that idea publicly, it's no longer a crazy notion that came in, in one side of your head and left. You now have to assume ownership of it because you've put it out there with the name, like the weight of your name and your brand behind right. it. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But people don't people lose jobs over this. Yeah. Stuff. And they need to they need to treat that with some kind of respect and, and uh awareness of that kind of thing, right. I think. I mean, I think it's important. I don't I don't know I don't know that it's right or wrong that people should or shouldn't lose their jobs over it. I do know that if you're gonna express something, you better be willing to own it. Right, exactly. And and exactly. so you need to think through before you express and, anything and I have what d- that process is. And, and that's a great point, Andrew. And, and and I've I have posted stuff before or or retweeted stuff or posted stuff where I, a minute later I'm like, ah, oh, man, yeah. I shouldn't have that that was We all have. That was knee jerk, that was stupid, that was, you know, this kind of stuff. And and I've learned now I've I've, I've learned actually the hard way that to count to three and I remember I remember even when you were growing up and, and Katie and, and uh, my kids and growing up and saying, um, when you email something to somebody, and I remember that, you know, that, that you're emailing to the world. Yeah. And it's, something, it's a concept that for, for, the, for you all growing up that we, I didn't have to do that. When I, was, when I was 15, 16 to 20 years old, I didn't have to worry about email. Right. What's email? I, right, right. You wrote letters. You wrote letters. Yeah. You, so imagine that. By the time you get done writing a letter, you're probably throwing it away if it's a bad letter. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to fire off something and I'm <laughs> writing it. You know, it takes me 15 minutes and I'm, <laughs> and then I'm putting it in an envelope and I'm putting a stamp on it right. and I'm walking down to the post office. You have plenty of time to say, okay, maybe, maybe this right. isn't the right thing to do. But, but, but I always tell the, I'd always tell the kids when you write an email, you're writing it for the world. Right. And a friend of mine always told me, uh, one of my bosses actually used to tell me after I had gotten in trouble with an email response to something, he said, listen, you make love by email, you make war by phone. Yeah. And, and I and love that. Sign. I love that. And that applies to social media as well. Yeah. You make, you know, you oh, make totally. love by social media. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. sometimes some people do a little too much of that. <laughs> 
but but metaphorically, anecdotally speaking, holistically, you be you be gentle by social media and email, but right. you make war by phone yeah. in person. You know, if you gotta you gotta have war with somebody. Do right. it verbally, right. you know that kind of stuff. So it's funny. I remember Kane athletes. Me, athletes need to learn that. Oh, they totally know? do. It's yeah. funny though. I love that. And I remember Katie and I having this exact same conversation, and she repeating to me that what you would tell her, like back in 2010. I remember. Yeah. I mean, you've been saying this for a long time. Oh, just, just from brutal uh, <laughs> experience. I didn't know that, you know, well, email that's was where, a, that's where a lot of logic and experience comes from is from, you know, God. failure. <laughs> we I'm all never, have to go through it. But it's, it's amazing to think. And for athletes now who are again, entitled, empowered, grew up that way. Yeah. Special told they were special from day one. Uh, the kind of stuff they tweet sometimes or the kind of stuff that they put out there should not happen. No, but they don't, it's just, they, they, they feel important. They feel like their opinion is important, and it is in this society. But uh, but I think that's the negative of social media. But again, the positive is it's just that we've never had a greater way to relate with some of the athletes that we adore and that we follow. Sports Illustrated had a great article last week about uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, who I can't remember his name offhand because it's hyphenated and long, and I can't remember it because uh, I'm of a certain age. But uh, but he was great. But he but he has a brand. Right. He understands it. Right. I'm doing this on Instagram. I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing a Twitter yeah. a Twitter feed. I'm doing this and this and this. All of it is designed. Yeah. You could totally milk it. You yeah. could totally milk it. I think I think that's what LeBron James is. Yes. I think he's yes. one of those. And that's it's part just, of it's it. It's all a brand. It's all it's all schemed and and, and if you're in a brand, you better and... do it through social media as well. Yeah. Because that's where people are getting their information these days. Exactly. And it's, it's one of the it's killing newspapers. Yeah. It's killing media. Because it's instantaneous. Yeah, and that's the problem, though, is that nobody edits. But then there's no there's there's no checking. Yeah, Yeah. right, right, right. Well, we got a lot happening. What's brewing sports is all about the brewing. It's all about the the passion for sport. And there's nothing, nothing like Spurs basketball when you're in San Antonio. That's right. So, and it starts next week. Cannot believe it. I mean, it's stunning. And we've been talking about this for the last several minutes here. A great buddy of ours, Jeff Garcia who does Locked On Sports, and you've seen him with, on WAI and, and seen so many different uh, uh, scenarios where he talks about the Spurs. And this guy is – having Locked On Sports, that's a great way to, to describe this guy. Right. Because he really knows exactly <laughs> yeah, what's right. happening with He's the Spurs. locked in, huh? And, he, uh, and this week it really cranks up. The media day is Monday. As we sit here, it's Sunday evening. We're taping, uh, talking a little bit of sports. And then uh, tomorrow's media day, and then Tuesday – they show up, right. and here we go. Right. And it's, just, it's hard to think that the Spurs season's about to start. So I know. we have, of course, because it's about to start, we have Jeff Garcia That's on. That's right. That's makes right. Absolute sense. Jeff, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Thank you, gentlemen, for welcoming me into your show. And, I, you know, I love your show. I love the diversity of topics, uh, uh, you know, from NBA to NFL. I mean, you guys cover it all at um, your show. Well, and, and you have uh, welcomed us on to Locked On Sports several times, and we always appreciate it. And uh, and you feel like, you know, when you get welcomed into the sanctum, the Spurs sanctum that, exactly. that Jeff has, you know, you're <laughs> like, why am I talking about Spurs with this yeah, guy exactly, exactly. who knows everything about the Spurs? But, Jeff, we got a lot to ask you here in the next few moments. And one of the things is um, it's starting. You know, it, and mm-hmm. the expectations for this season, Vegas doesn't even think the Astros or the uh, Spurs are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, it, which which yeah. kind of amazes me. Uh, yeah, I mean, but because we're so used to it, what what do you think heading into <laughs> Tuesday? How what what's yeah. your what's your spider sense telling you about what's about to happen? Well, first of all, I think Vegas is completely wrong, and I think everybody who's uh, doubting San Antonio again, you know, it's just they just don't learn their lesson when it comes to the Spurs. And it's simply not simply the X's and O's and the players that are out there. It's because that man in the uh, on the sidelines, Greg Popovich. Uh, you, know, you know, he's going to have this team primed and ready for the long haul, as you and I know and Andrew know, you know, he's about the end game, not about the beginning. He's about how does this end? And that is hopefully another playoff uh, appearance, which I'm pretty sure the Spurs will do that and break that NBA record and become, uh, what is it, 23 straight seasons? Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah. So We're talking Bill not, Russell Cer- Celtics territory. Exactly. So uh, the Spurs should be able to have that record on their side. But, yeah, with media day, uh, you look at that, and, yeah, it's, it's a festivity, you know, the, the marking at the beginning of the uh, preseason slash regular season. But, you know, there's some clouds that are going to be hanging over this Spurs team 
um, throughout the season. It's going to be on the minds and the lips of a lot of Spurs fans and not necessarily from how they perform on the court. Uh, there's a little bit of that, but I think the bigger ones are what are their future going to look like? So um, from contracts to how the, the particular player, <clears throat> DeJounte Murray, is going to look coming back from a surgically repaired knee, uh, there's a lot to be looking forward to when it comes to your 2019-20 San Antonio Spurs. Well, you're right. There is a lot to look forward to, and you kind of just you grazed a, a pretty big topic there that's been on people's minds recently, which is contracts, uh, specifically in regards to one DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about that? Well, before I give you my thoughts, let me give you the pulse of the Spurs uh, fan base here. They're kind of split. I mean, it's right in the middle. There's some that are saying, yeah, there's a big camp of uh, Spurs fans saying, bring them back. It makes sense. And there's right in the middle of the other half saying, are you out of your mind? Do not bring this guy back. This is a situation where the Spurs, you know, they got to have a conversation with him um, because he has a player option at the end of this season, and he can come back for uh, an excess of $27 million. (laughs) And that is a huge chunk. So DeMar DeRozan, look, you know, it's, it's a business. I get it. You know, he opens up a store in San Antonio. Well, he doesn't open up a store. He allows a store in San Antonio to carry his product line, his clothing line. So some Spurs, Spurs fans see that. And, oh, well, here we go. You know, he's making he's San Antonio his yeah, own base. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But again, it's a business. And, you know, he can always just bolt and just leave the business here. I mean, it, there's that. And then the other side, too, is is what, you're looking at a player who's on the backside, of, who's who's almost starting to begin the backside of his career. He's he's I think he's thirty or thirty plus uh, years old. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, he's thirty, right on the button. So he's going to start seeing that side of his career now. Look, X's and O's. He did a lot for San Antonio, and everybody kind of looks down on what he did from the three point line. But then again, at this point of his career, gentlemen. He is what he is. Yeah, that's who he is. You know, he's not going to change. You know, I, I applaud him for becoming a really good facilitator. Uh, Six point two points per game last season led the Spurs. Uh, so there's that. But um, for me, mm, it's tough because you have an all-star quality guy, and here's a guy who could create his own shot, get to the rim, score. I think DeJounte Murray's return is going to help him tremendously next season. Right. Uh, playing off the ball with him. So if if I'm the Spurs, my goodness, I'm having a talk with him saying, do you see yourself a spur? And this is where you want to be. Right. If he doesn't want to be here, you know, or if he thinks that maybe because he's starting that back end of his career and look, if I'm just, I'm just John DeMarco, sorry, excuse me. If I'm DeMar DeRozan, I'm looking at the Spurs. I'm saying, okay, they're obviously younger. Uh, I am one of the two better players on this squad. And by the way, I have the other fella next to me, LaMarcus Aldridge, who's openly admitted he wouldn't mind going back to Portland. Right. What is his future in San Antonio? And here's the big one. I think guys like DeRozan and Aldridge have to really look at is how much longer does Pop have? You know, yeah. does he does does DeMar DeRozan want to be part of a squad that's rebuilding in all aspects and this from coaching staff to the bottom? Because let's just play devil's advocate and say DeMar DeRozan doesn't buy in because Popovich lets him know, like, no, I'm going to call it a day. You know, does he want to be a team with Lonnie Walker, Saluka Samanich, Kundari Weatherspoon? Not to poo poo them at all. I'm not trying to some way, but, you know, they're not going to be a competitive team. If he wants that ring, he doesn't have one on his resume. Would you blame him if he says, no, I'm not going to stay in San Antonio. I'm going to go somewhere else where I have a better shot at winning the title. So I think a big conversation has to happen between the Spurs and DeRozan sooner than later because you don't want – because you can see it already coming already. And every question towards this all-star break, what's your status to DeMar? Have you thought about it? You know, yeah. uh, Popovich, they're going to be bombarded by these questions. It's interesting, so, you know, when you think about that, Jeff, the idea that – I, now, obviously, those of us who have been – now, I've been in San Antonio for twenty, almost 20 years, and I've yeah. seen we've seen some great basketball over the years. We've never seen anything like this. Now, you know, we, and we, we love that DeMar came in last year. That, that trade was a, a, a miracle trade. Right. Yeah. To get Kawhi out of here and to get value back like they did, even with Yaka mm-hmm. Pirtle and, and what they did. But to, for DeMar to come in and do what he did last year, God bless him. I mean, the Spurs mm-hmm. actually were competitive. They made the postseason. They won – 
you know, they won more games than they won the season previous, you know, and yeah. it was just, it was really an astounding job to Jeff's point. It was an astounding job by Greg Popovich to get mm-hmm. the Spurs to where they were. But that said that you can't even imagine the Spurs being in this kind of position. If you've, if you've lived it for the last two decades, mm-hmm. if you've lived with these Spurs have, have done over the last two decades, now you find yourself and here's this guy, DeMar DeRozan can't hit the three plays mm-hmm. medium defense. Yes. Uh, you know, it has to be surrounded by some complimentary parts. Mm-hmm. If LaMarcus Aldridge wants to play ball, then he plays. You know, mm-hmm. then the Spurs are a pretty good team. You know, but there are a bunch of mid-range jumpers, a bunch yep. of mid-range shooters. So, Jeff, I tell you, just it's a to your point, because you don't know. The Spurs yeah, you are don't at this know. big, fat crossroads. Yes. And, not, and I'm not talking about this season so much. You know, they're gonna, they've got what they got. They're going to play. They're going to compete. Uh, I think they're a pretty good team. I think they're yeah. a really solid team. Um, they are. I thought, and, and we've said it time and again. Now I know it's a different landscape of the NBA, but last year, if the Spurs had played a modicum of defense better, if right. they'd just been incrementally just better at defense, you know, during that rodeo road trip and during yeah. that stretch when they were just so bad on defense, uh, they would have made the Western Conference Western Finals. Conference finals, yes, exactly they, right. They, they, they definitely would. And um, uh, one, one more quick point about Demar Derozan and his future before, before I, I, I just do a quick chat about that defense. Um, it, for DeMar DeRozan, it, it, I think, and the Spurs, they, they're kind of in a, in a light win-win situation. And here's what I mean by that. He stays, okay, fine. You know, he, he puts up points. You know, he does what he does. They, you know, he's a 20-plus career average score. You know, great. You know, and in today's NBA, you need points because of the, the weakened defense because of the rules. Perfect. But let's just say he doesn't opt in and, he, and the Spurs say, you know, let's part ways after this season. That's $27 million they have to play, they can play with. And if you all thought this offseason's uh, free agency crop was outstanding, wait till next summer. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. So it's a win-win situation if the Spurs really look at it. If DeMar, I mean, almost. It's close. DeMar stays perfect. Fine. It's whatever. You know, he, he's a good player. He, he's a good community guy. Um, and he does well on the court. If he doesn't, hey, that's twenty-seven plus million dollars we can play with, and not to mention lock up some of the future guys if they want to extend them, like your Dejounte Murray's, your Bryn Forbes. And do they keep Lamarcus, or do you just blow? It? Do you, do you well, that's, trade that's him for something other, and yeah. blow it up a little well, that's bit? That's another question. Too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. What, and, what and can Spurs think... fans stomach? Right. Yeah, you know, where, do you, where do you want to be? You know, yeah. hey, can you give up twenty twenty one? Right. Can you surrender it? Blow mm-hmm. it up, yeah. trade Lamarcus. Yeah. Don't you know? Let Demar move on. I, man, Jeff, I tell you, this is it. it is a if if you yeah. if you if you were Nostradamus right now, you could make some major money regarding the Spurs in <laughs> yeah, exactly Vegas because right. there's a lot of yeah, exactly. there's a lot of money you could put down on that. Uh, that's exactly right. Well, what about this season? So we we talk, you know, we're speculating here about these contracts, but these contracts won't be up till what 2021. Yeah. Um, so what what are you looking at? What's the landscape looking at for this season coming up? Uh, again, we talked about Vegas um, mm-hmm. not really, again, kind of shafting the Spurs, which we're used to here in San Antonio. Right. We're just we're a little big market. But uh, when you look at how certain players like Derek White came on and Bryn Forbes mm-hmm. came on and DeJounte Murray sitting out, and now you see DeJounte Murray coming back, Spurs picked up a couple key guys. What are your thoughts on, you know, the outlook for what we could expect potentially for this season? Oh, I think the outlook is going to be pretty good. Um, I, I do not, again, as I mentioned earlier, you know, do do not anticipate them missing the postseason. I think they will be a major factor in that. Um, they will be fighting for spots, uh, in my opinion, five through eight. I think that's where they're going to probably land somewhere, uh, barring any catastrophic injuries we saw last year with DeJounte Murray uh, getting hurt in the preseason. But this first team, I think they addressed their defense. Uh, well, they almost addressed it to a, a home run with Marcus Morris, but apparently, you know, that was a debacle. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, but um, they bring in Damari Carroll, which he's a great three and D guy. I, I like the guy. I, I have two residents. I reside in New York City and I reside in San Antonio. And when I did go see the Brooklyn Nets, you know, I wow, this guy would fit in the Spurs systems that I would always tell myself, whether I be there for Spurs at Nets or just Spurs, I mean, sorry, Nets versus whoever. And then lo and behold, boom, he becomes a Spur. Uh, he addresses the wing defense, The a guy who can 
hit the three on a consistent basis. And he's a motor guy, energy guy. He's going to be great coming off that bench. So kudos to the Spurs for addressing that. Um, also, this, this Spurs team could have themselves a nice a quiet one-two punch out on the guard position with DeJounte and White if Pop decides to start them both together. Uh, now, DeJounte, I get a little flack for this from Spurs fans, and it's just not because I, I do not like the kid. I, I do, but um, I, I'm still kind of reserved still. I want to see how he responds from a surgically repaired knee and being away from the game for almost close to a year. Um yeah, that's good that he's putting out videos and he's hitting threes and he's playing 2-1-2, two, two, but what about when it's real defense coming at you? What about when it's a real NBA defender? Um, and will he improve in aspects of his game? He's a good rebounder, but can he increase that scoring punch? Um, can he facilitate like he uh, was showing promise? So I still want to see his potential. It's on the it's on the rise, but let's see how he maintains that. And Yeah, a lot maybe, of pressure on him. Yeah, and maybe Spurs fans will be okay wearing his possibly New Balance line. So, you know, we'll see <laughs> what happens with that. This possible New Balance shoe line. That's one of the great stories of the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> new Balance. Put basketball yeah, I, I, I tell Spurs fans, are you going to buy them, even though you're kind of helping Kawhi? But yeah. they say, yes, they will buy them. So we'll see how that pays out, if he does end up signing officially with New Balance. So when you look at the, Spur, the Spurs offseason, obviously, was was – the Morris deal that kind of fell apart. That yeah. was kind of strange. We've had back-to-back off seasons that have been just bizarre for right. the Spurs. Mm-hmm. It makes it sound like nobody wants to play here, which yeah. is kind of strange. But you could say that about a lot of franchises right now. When you consider six of the 15 All-NBA players this year have changed addresses during the yep. offseason. This is a this is a bizarre NBA offseason. Uh, you know, the, the it's, it's interesting to watch the NBA change the, the, the rules on, uh, you know, on, on – tampering and all the different kind of stuff, just posturing they're doing because there's nothing you can do about it. LeBron, everybody's, everybody's mm-hmm. talking. The Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and, and, and then here's LeBron trying to do what he does, the Lakers, and back and forth and back and forth. And that's what's interesting about the Spurs because I think they're going to be better. Mm-hmm. But what about the Western Conference? It's just yeah. bizarre now. The Rockets are going to be so different now. The, uh, you know, you look at, uh, at, at. I forgot Westbrook even came to Houston until they yeah. posted that thing on Twitter the other day, and I was like, "What is he doing?" And they're acting like, like oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm like, "Was it great in Oklahoma City?" I don't remember it being great in oh, Oklahoma City. It's going to be awful. I so, can't wait to see that circus. That's what I mean. I just don't. Uh, you know, the Spurs. The Spurs should not have a circus this year. At least we got no. that going for us right. for, for the first time. No injury. You know. Yeah. So, what about the Western Conference, Jeff? How do you see that? I'm looking forward to it. I, I think there's going to be a lot of drama. I think, yeah, there is going to be some circus moments. Um, you can, in the NBA season is almost to the point where you can almost predict all the major drama issues. You know, now you can look at, will there possibly be a Westbrook Harden not fit compatibility storyline somewhere when yes. the Rockets lose? Yes, two there three will. Or four, you know, that's and then right. should they blow it up? And that's going to be the hot topic. And then they're going to be looking at, uh, AD and LeBron uh, teaming up, you know, oh, do they have enough pieces around them? They're going to have that. But it's also fun because you're going to see a lot of teams on the rise. And I think one team that is all, that is kind of flying under the radar, and I think Spurs fans should look out for the Dallas Mavericks. Um, yeah, yeah. Porzingis is back. Luka Samonic is going to have a second yeah. season under his belt. Um, they have some good pieces there, and I, I think they're kind of quietly flying under the radar right now. Uh, you look at uh, the Blazers, you know, what they did, um, uh, pre, uh, you know, locking up uh, D- Damien, I believe, and CJ McCollum. Yeah, you got Pau Gasol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, got championship for <laughs> there Blazers we go. now. Yeah. Yeah. The guy knows how to win. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, you know, the big one is obviously uh, Kawhi coming back to the Western, Western Conference and uh, teaming up with Paul George. And, wow, imagine having that type of power, just to look at a team and say, you want me here? Go get this guy. And yeah. the, uh, the Clippers go get it. It's you an know, agent's uh, league now. Yeah, yeah it, it really is. It really is. is, and it's an amazing time to, to watch the NBA. If you're, if you're an NBA purist, if you're an old guy, and Sean Elliott and I have talked about this in the past, that even if, if you go back to Robert Parrish and some of these guys mm-hmm. who were like, if one of their teammates was talking to somebody from another team on the court, there would be trouble in the locker room. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they didn't. They didn't. But now they're sharing agents. I mean, right. you know, uh, Tony Parker was hanging around with Chris Paul in New Orleans, and they're doing all blah blah blah. You know, all this kind of stuff. The NBA is just different now. It's yeah. a it's a business. It's a structure. It's right. a you know, it's a uh, I'm I'm with this group over here, and you know, when you think. 
Paul George. Let me th- let me let me see if I miss anybody here, Jeff. Paul George, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie yep. Irving, Kimba Walker, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. All those guys have they've all moved. Yeah, yeah. And That's you telling yeah. me they were they didn't this wasn't all arranged, right? You know, it's just well, at this yeah. strange time, and it's Ooh. interesting. The Spurs the Spurs don't play that game. They can't no. play that game. They're no, not. They at the, they're, they're not. They're not. Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're not. Well, they're not Broadway, and it's a, it's an interesting time. Well, you look at what uh, Kawhi Leonard said um, uh, when they introduced him uh, to the the L.A. Uh, media. Uh, he openly admitted that he tried to get the Spurs to bring Paul George to San Antonio. Yeah. So um, just to show you, and I'm pretty sure, you know, that, you know, the Spurs at that time when they did have claw and silver and black, they're like, okay, well, we'll put feelers out. You know, you got to yeah. think they'll at least do that, do their due diligence. Yeah. But it is really controlled uh, by, by agents. You know, I've, I've had my, you know, moments with uh, NBA agents and uh, you know, I can tell you, I mean, they really want to drive their, their client uh and put them in the best possible situation you know and um it, it's just so interesting because i've never seen this before and i i i i've been around the nba enough to see this changes and uh, from players teaming up I, I remember back in the day in the 80s and 90s and 70s, a little bit of the 70s that you never saw that no. now you're seeing the team ups today you you kind of got a little bit of it you know back in the day with with Kareem forcing himself out of uh, Milwaukee to join the Lakers. Right. But it's never been to this fever pitch where you look at DeAndre Jordan, what he said uh, during the Nets media day. Um, he said that he had been already talking with Kyrie and and Kevin Durant about teaming up one day. Uh, so it's just amazing uh, how times have changed. Well, let me ask you, it's, it's a great point. And uh, the, the topic of this episode actually is social media. So let me let me poise that to you then uh, and talking about how we're, we're clearly seeing a major tectonic shift here. How much of that would you ascribe to social media and the rise thereof? Oh, I think it, without it, I don't think the NBA could maybe survive it and be at the level it is right now. Uh, I think that has changed the entire landscape of the NBA and just sports in general. I mean, uh, I know we're talking about the Spurs and NBA, but I mean, look at Antonio Brown, uh, you know, his fiasco. Right. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. I mean, look at him. I mean, look how, how much he ruined himself on social media with, you know, maybe not thinking twice before he had send. Um, You look at the same thing with uh, the NBA, um, you, you see, you know, how much it's, it's used as a tool to drive their brand. And this whole brand idea never existed uh, until recent, until so the rise of social media. And I think they focused the players and the agents and even the team. I and mean, look what the Spurs recently did. They hired a global, um, uh, I think, a Mark, a Mark, Mark yeah, global marketer marketing guy. Like this yeah. guy is going to sell the Spurs brand yeah. internationally. So, I mean, really? I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, just hired it. Oh, really? it's all about the brand now and it has changed so much where I remember it used to be about the game. Well, I still is. And <laughs> at the end of the day, it what? still is. What are you, a dinosaur? <laughs> That's right. But I remember it used to be about the game. I remember you're going in to see the game, but uh, now it's like, I mean, I've had agents ask me, you know, why did I write this article about their client? I'm like, I don't know, because he put it out there and he made it public. So, um, they really, uh, they, the, the social media aspect of it has changed the landscape entirely. And look, um, Richard, and I, I'm pretty sure you, under, you, you see where I'm coming with this. Uh, I think the Spurs are starting to see it now. Uh, when it was the Duncan Big Three area, you never really saw them really being active. Uh, no, they no. started to towards the end of their career, but especially like guys like J- uh, Boris Diaw and Mon Ginobili. Uh, but now... DeJounte Murray is almost an open book now. Uh, Kelton Johnson is an open book. Uh, you got uh, Rudy Gay, you know, who who's very into social media. I think times are changing in the NBA, and I think the Spurs are finally starting to wake up now because their old ways when it comes to their brand, uh, as far as it being under a lock and key, I think they need to loosen that up a little bit because these younger guys – don't get it. They they want to yeah. be active on social media. They don't want to be told what not to do, what to do. Um, the big three era is done. This is their time now. So 
I think the Spurs are probably seeing that a little bit and uh, are okay. Uh, maybe letting DeJounte, you know, post photos of his girlfriend in less than anything clothing with his ex-girlfriend, that is. Haven't so, seen any of those. Not one. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, don't um, know what you're talking about, buddy. <laughs> but um, it's, it's definitely an interesting time, and I think the Spurs um, are starting to get that, and I think you see that with that hire. You see that with the new social media team that they recently hired. Uh, I got a chance to just meet them briefly in the, at the draft. So uh, the times are changing and they are going to only continue to change. And I think that's also for the good as far as the San Antonio Spurs fans, uh, because they know about the Spurs lock and key mentality. And I think to see the players being a little more open, I think that helps their brand. But at the same time, it could hurt, as I mentioned. Antonio Brown uh, is a as a prime example. Oh, you could go on and on with some guys who have just really kind of yeah. screwed it up so badly. And um before we wrap this up, and by the way, speaking of social media, Jeff G Spurs Zone. That's right. Jeff G Spurs Zone. That That's is it. Jeff Garcia. You're going to want to follow him throughout the Spurs season. This guy's plugged in, and he's got at, he's got attitude about the Spurs, and he's got knowledge about the Spurs. <laughs> That's right. But thank you so much, Andrew. One thing you you may not know about Jeff Garcia is no. he he's a nerd. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> this guy is a he's a geek slash nerd. Yeah, well, in the greatest possible way. But I'll tell you what, though. Speaking of social media, I don't know that he hides it very well because he does make a lot of oh, allusions yeah, he's all over to Marvel. A lot of Marvel. Marvel. That's stuff. right. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jeff, I have to because you are you are you're so multifaceted, and and he's an attorney. <laughs> yeah. On top of everything else, yeah, yeah, he's an attorney on top yeah. of everything else. So. If you got any trouble on the legal yeah, side, he's all know. over the circuit. <laughs> that's a whole other the podcast. Guy, the, guy's a, the, the guy's a nerd. Yeah. He's a geek. He's a lawyer. He's a Spurs guy. He's, he's everything. He's everything. That's why we have him on. He's a Swiss Army knife. So, <laughs> yeah, so being, being a Swiss Army knife, Jeff, here's, here's the last question I'm going to ask of you. Because this is the guy that introduced me to The Walking Dead. Here we go. Just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And all right, so zombie apocalypse happens. Yes. You're out there. Mm-hmm. You have to fend. You have to fend for your life. Okay. What Spurs players with you? Who do you want? Ready who's your Who's your wingman against the zombie apocalypse among the Spurs roster? That's a good question. The, this current roster, right? This current roster okay. right now. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say Manu, because I think Manu would be creative. Well, we've now, seen I'm, him with the bats. So I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> do, that's right. Exactly. This guy knows how to handle himself right. in kind of a wildlife <laughs> situation. If I was, if it was open ended uh, to any spur, to any guy wearing a black and silver, but I answered the question a little bit, I would have picked Steven Jackson. That's Just exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. If I'm, that's exactly what I was going to say. If it was a wide open situation, yeah. if you want somebody to kick some absolute right. ass, it's got to be Steven Jackson. Yeah. I was going to go with Steven Jackson. Steven, um, hey, here's a machete. Go to it, buddy. Yeah, but if I'm going to go with this current crop of, of the San Antonio Spurs roster, current roster, hmm. this year. 2020, okay. the apocalypse hits. I'm going to go with a guy who likely n would know exactly how to handle the situation because of the experience that he has being a nerd himself, Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Now, now yeah, that's legal. Assistant coach Tim Duncan. It's legal Duncan. because he's he is on the roster. Assistant coach. That's right. But now, now Tim would be a very big, tall, easy-to-find yep. target. Okay. That is true. So you, you know, know, But you could hide behind him. But he could be like the Negan. <laughs> he could be. He Negan could be like was a Negan. big dude. Negan was a big dude. Yeah. I don't know. I, the 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 TV show. I get it for the TV show. But those of y'all read the comic. Comic. He was not a small fry. He was a rather larger than life in all aspects of that term. Um, but yeah, I would I would pick uh, assistant coach Tim Duncan. Which, by Tim the way, Duncan. another storyline that is not getting enough attention right now. Um, yeah, but, seriously. Yeah, that's, yeah. He's because he's so he's so quiet, and, and yeah, so, there's right. so much yeah, unknown. Yeah. And plus, right. he's 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 a he's a self-admitted nerd too. I mean, he's he's open book about that. You know, right. he's, he he's a big nerd, so he would know that knowledge. He would look back and be, hey, Jeff, remember that one episode of Locked of uh, Walking Dead? This happened. This used that and this. So situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think speed kills. In the zombie apocalypse? Yeah. So uh, I, I may go with DeJounte. DeJounte would have the speed. Yeah. yeah speed that, kills because those, those zombies are, are rather slow. So. They are slow. They are slow. You could get around them. Right. Yeah. They always outnumber you. Right. And that's the one yeah. thing. And that that's interesting because there's a lot of those Walking Dead episodes I would tell Jeff said, you know, seriously, 
You're locked in a room yeah. with a zombie and you can't get away from this thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, you exactly. Know, I forget what's her name, the blonde girl that gets bitten by the guy. And the, oh, that, yeah, that was early. That was early on. Yeah, yeah early. I forget. forget it. Anyway, anyway, that's that's a whole nother <laughs> That's a episode. whole nother episode. All right, so before we let you go, Jeff, uh, because yes, uh, Locked On Sports is going to crank it up in a big way here pretty soon. How can people find you? What time? Uh, yeah. What's the best way to find to hear sports? as Jeff Garcia could tell it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just just a quick clarification, it's locked on Spurs. Spurs, Spurs, so, Spurs, 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 Spurs. Yeah, Spurs, yeah. Locked on Spurs. So you're going you to uh, eventually, you know, evolve into locked on sports. I was trying well, to you, you know, some, sometimes, that. Sometimes news four kind of like guides me that way. They're like, remember, who, who remembers this team? The Commanders. Of so, course, uh, of yeah. course. Yeah. I missed those guys, the Commanders actually. were around, yeah. I got the nudge like, well, Locked on commanders. Yeah, yeah, the occasional <laughs> kind of nudge. Uh, but uh, no, Locked On Spurs is part of the Locked On NBA network. Uh, it's going to be cranking up again, as uh, Richard uh, mentioned. Uh, everything about the silver and black, and it starts as uh, soon as media day is over. So here we go. And then, of course, follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone, as the gentleman mentioned. News 4 San Antonio and Fox 29 San Antonio. I think I'm going on my fourth year with them now. Um, um, I'm managing the Spurs zone, and that's where you can find all the articles under the sun uh, from DeJounte Murray and what he's doing uh, in the offseason to what even the SAPD have in store for the new season. Whoa. So, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, exactly. Can any of those so, guys uh, play power forward? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can anyone have anything big enough? Because the Spurs series need another big on this roster that's right, right now. Yeah, but, and, uh, yeah, and, so it's all there. And if people and, want to find when Locked on Spurs is available, uh, obviously Stitcher and some of the other uh, courses mm-hmm. you could get it. That's how exactly. I always find Locked on Spurs. Yeah. But, uh, but also on your Twitter account, Jeff G Spurs Zone, you'll also be previewing whenever that co- podcast is up. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to it, too. Um, um, I, it kind of blitz me as well. I, it feels like the MDC starting a lot earlier. Yes, it does. It feels, yeah. I mean, I feel like it was until October, like mid October or early October. It's media day. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's here. And so, you, buddy, you better start stretching. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to. I'm resting up. I'm resting up. And, because uh, I plagiarize everything you say. That's it. <laughs> basically. So, I need you on your game. That's right. I've, I've, had, I've had a Spurs uh, staff uh, tell me that they follow me just so they can make their job easier. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had for. them tell that to me. They go like, I follow you just so I can be, I, I, cause you do all my homework basically. Yeah. You're really doing everything to work for. Yeah. So thank you, my friend. And, and we'll Not pay you the same salary this year as we've always <laughs> had. I'm rich. <laughs> so, well, buddy, Hey, thank you so much for giving us time on what's brewing sports. That is Jeff Garcia. He's on locked on Spurs. You're going to want to listen to him all season long. It's going to be an intriguing, compelling NBA mm-hmm. season. And that he's it the is. guy that you're going to want to have a part of it for you. Jeff, thanks, man. Not a problem. Well, it's always great to talk with Jeff, uh, whether it's been on his podcast or now ours. And um, certainly no slouch when it comes to Spurs talk. Oh, yeah. Um, and here we are again at the end of another episode of season two episode five i can't believe now we're five weeks in we've finished yeah. the fifth one yeah uh we're, we're getting into you know maybe not the middle but you know we, we've gotten in a pretty good bite off of football season here basketball season starting off now baseball playoffs are, are kicking off i mean yeah. we're really getting in the thick of everything right now when it comes to sports so this is a great time to be a sports podcast yes it is <laughs> absolutely and, and, and in san antonio it's a great time you know with the stuff that's happening here and, and the, the countdowns to the Spurs season. Uh, next time we talk, uh, the Spurs will be preparing for their first preseason game. I mean, that's how far along we'll be right. already. It, and once they once they report for training camp, then it cranks. Yeah. I mean, the schedule's pretty tight. Right. I mean, and then all of a sudden you're playing in, you're playing preseason games and all of a sudden you're, you're into you're it. You're into it. That's so, right. That's, that's right. amazing. Well, we'll look forward to all that stuff getting going. Next week we will talk about traditions – and Oktoberfest. Yep, yep. So I look forward to that. Yes. Uh, it'd be nice if somebody would invite us out to an Oktoberfest. <laughs> he said <laughs> passive-aggressively. <laughs> You're just saying. 
You know, I mean, I know we could show up ourselves, but an invite always just yeah, makes it that sweeter. Oh, always good. But well, after we talked flavored beer today. That's right. You know, that's right. Well, we'd be looking forward to it. Just a nice, dry German Oktoberfest. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I will work on that on the side for you. Oh yeah, I, I want it. you to be fulfilled and happy. <laughs> Well, that's what it's all that's about. What it's all about. That's right. That's, that's right. Make Andrew happy. That's why we started this show. <laughs> <laughs> it should be the Make Andrew Happy podcast. That's right. It just didn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> it's Westbrook Sports, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it. Again, thank you so much for listening to What's Brewing Sports. We are on social media, What's Brewing Sports, for Instagram and Facebook, and Twitter, What's Brewing SP. Again, uh, please follow along with our friend Jeff Garcia and the Locked On Spurs podcast as the season gets kicked off. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks.